Come on. Quick ask before we get started today, I am working to help people lead happier and more contented lives. My part of that is money. So if you enjoyed today's episode or if you've enjoyed past episodes, please take a minute and leave a quick review on iTunes. Subscribe. That helps uh, the show climb up the rankings and helps more people uh, find it. So thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Steve Demaray. Steve, are you ready to do this? I am, George. Thanks. Excellent. Let's do this. Steve is a CFP. He is the owner of the Personal Money Coach. He's a 30-year veteran of the financial services industry, and I'm excited to have you on. Steve, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, that's a that's a great start. Um, yes, thirty years financial services veteran. I uh, started my career selling real estate before I uh, before I think I think I was twenty when I started selling real estate, mm-hmm. driving a Camaro and living at home. So I was selling middle aged people houses, uh, and I didn't actually own one. Um, but the Camaro, the later, piece, nice. <laughs> yeah, the Camaro. So <laughs> we always had to work around that. I took my dad's car actually often, um, and uh, went back to school when the real estate market bust uh, back way back when, and uh, got a business degree. Started out in commercial credit, so that's lending money to businesses. Learned a lot from that, uh, George. One of the things I learned there um, was that. Um, you can't manage what you don't measure, and businesses, um, unlike households, are required really to um, to kind of put their numbers out there because they've got bankers and lenders and other stakeholders, owners, whatever. Um, so that was a learning from that. Then I went on to a startup bank, and it was focused more on personal banking. Uh, so all in all, I spent about 20 years in banking, and then in my mid-30s, pardon me, my early 40s, um, I left the corporate world to start on my own thing. Because I just found the corporate uh, life was was it was just draining me. I felt that if I didn't get out, I would probably never get out. And so I, you know, sort of set up a plan to get out of the corporate world and start my own thing. That's evolved substantially over the years. Because even that was almost 20 years ago now. Um, I my my core values are about things like adventure and freedom and service. Um, I, you know, so I I try to live those values uh, personally, but also in my work. Um, and the other thing is, uh, and you had a speaker on just the other day, uh, George. Um, his name was Colin. Uh, you'll probably recall his last Overweight. name. He's, yeah, that's right. And Colin spoke about financial independence. And so, um, you know, that's and he was ca- cautious to, you know, about the R word, which is retirement and how, uh, you know, not everybody's kind of comfortable having that conversation about retirement and saving for retirement. I agree with that. Uh, but the point is, my wife and I, you know, we have reached that point of financial independence. And I think that's important because coaches are trained, you know, that you can really only kind of coach to your level of development. And so if you're coaching people in financial independence, it probably helps that, you know, you've reached that that place yourself. So, um, so now really, this is a calling for me, what I'm doing. It's been a very, oh, very interesting path that's led me to where I am. Um, and, uh, I just, I, I do this in, because of the intrinsic enjoyment I get from, from the work that I do. It's, it's, it's really all about purpose now for me and, and service and helping folks. And so I experience, um, freedom and adventure and, um, 
and service in my work. So it's really there's again, a coaches are instructed that really their lives should exemplify their coaching. And I, you know, so I do try to live my values and um, and see that my my life exemplifies those values, and they come out in my coaching. Well, I certainly respect and appreciate everything you just said. So <laughs> we obviously talk a lot about values on the show and the importance of that. And I love the notion that you can't manage what you don't measure. And yeah. an, another take on that is what gets measured gets done. And yep. and and you're right, businesses have to, uh, and people certainly don't. And so, you know, probably Correct. more more times than not, they don't. Correct. Yeah, left to their own devices. And that's, you know, I think what's really changed and one of the things that's really motivated me to be in this business. I mean, I was so I was in financial services. I saw businesses succeed. I saw them fail when I moved more into the personal side of things. I was the number two person in a growing bank um, that was very focused on a product that was like a, um, a HELOC, a homeowner line of credit, um, which, I, you know, I saw people really having problems with it. I had, and I had a problem with that and being part of that. Um, and it, it led me, you know, to want to work with people. And what I found is, is that um, people really aren't very good at managing money. And one of the very core parts of that is, and I find this now, and I'm not saying this is a scientific example, because it's the, it's the households I quote unquote get invited into, um, which usually now is virtual. And most of the work I do is on phone is that about 80% of them actually don't know what their lives cost. You know, you can imagine, and that's a problem. Um, because if you don't know what your life costs, then you're probably, um, you know, you're susceptible to overcommitting yourself because there's a very good chance that, in fact, it costs more than you think. Um, and so while you're out making obligations and commitments, we call those debts, um, later some of the costs arise that you weren't expecting, and all of a sudden there's problems. So one of the very first things we do is get clear, help people get clear on what their lives cost. I think that that's such an important thing right there. And... You know, I for whatever, I'm not a huge fan of statistics just because I, I feel <laughs> like I feel like numbers sort of wash over us and we don't really yep. take it and yep. internalize it because it's not me, right? Right. But that's the reality is that like 80% of us are living paycheck to paycheck and it's probably just because to what you just said, we don't know how much our lives cost. We, the, the thing that's happened generationally and it's tough for people who haven't sort of seen this, but you know, I was fortunate enough to be a witness to this is that if you go back to people, their, their careers were in their fifties and sixties and seventies, eighties, maybe even nineties, but things probably changed around that time is those people had cradle to grave employment for, for, you know, a lot of them did. That was an option that was available less so now. And the other thing is they had these things called defined benefit pension plans. So the idea was, you know, if you could go in and work, you know, let's say you work to 60, you know, you got two things. You got a gold watch when you were done uh, and you got this income for the rest of your life. And it wasn't your responsibility. I mean, you paid into it, but it wasn't your responsibility to pay it out. That was your employer's responsibility. And so you had this defined amount that you were going to live, and whether you live 10 years or 30 years, you got that. Those are mostly gone now. Um, this is the CFP part of me talking uh, right now, George, sure. as opposed to the money coach. Yeah, but, and so almost in a way, the hoax that's been kind of foisted on the generation that's out there now is that, Never has personal responsibility been more important because these things just aren't available to us. And it goes beyond just the pension. It's the cradle of the grave part, too. Um, and so the thing about the pension was that person who was part of the pension plan, like, like it or not, they contributed. So to their credit, 
that just came off their paycheck. They just never got to spend that money. Right. Um, and then the company put in their part, and then actuaries went to work, and you had this benefit that arose. But that's all gone. And so, so now, you know, without that savings ethic built into the paycheck, um, you know, and, and if there isn't that personal responsibility when you wake up at 60, it's not there. And that's the hoax. Um, and then with that, of course, oh, it's become much more complicated. I mean, we've now got the gig economy. Uh, we're now in, you know, part of the 24-7, 360 degrees marketing cycle. Um, so it's not just that all those other things aren't there, but what is there? Well, we're just endless oper- you know, signals to buy and spend, never been made easier. So it really, if ever there was a time that people need to you know, get clear, it's now. Perfect storm of awful stuff for your money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yes, yeah, I, I do think that, that 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 I think that's a great way to look at it. Is it's need we really need to get clear on things. And I'd love to 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 get into to your four blocks. Yep. Oh, the four blo- from my website. Or, yeah, or just is that, what sorry, is that what you're referring to? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. What do you want me to say a few words about those? Yeah, we'd just love to. I mean, I, I assume that that's sort of, sort of the process. But you know what it's they very, say about assumptions, Steve? It's not necessarily a good practice. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. I mean, it is. I. Um, it. It. So I just want to say about that. So it's on my website, and there's really what that what the derivation of that is is I, I really identify. I wanted things to be very very simple. I want managing money to be enjoyable for people. Um, I. I um, I want them to warm up to it. And so one of the things, I'll just say this, because this is, you know, here's a coachable moment. And that is that, you know, in my programs, we, we, we never start with how. Um, because people, you know, trip up on how, because in starting with the how, they skip over the why. Mm. I think it was uh, the German philosopher, I don't know, 200 years ago, Nietzsche said, if we have a why, we can bear almost any how. So notice the order. It was the, the why came first, and then the how came next. I mean, anybody who's ever, you know, done anything that was important to them, whether it's saving for something or a university degree or, you know, finding that perfect relationship, they, I mean, they all got clear what the why was, and then they went out and executed on the how. So the four building blocks, I looked back about eight years ago on all the people I'd worked with, and I kind of said, what is it they came to me for? What were they looking for? And I just kind of was just writing down and I looked at old conversations and notes and thought about conversations. And I came up with a whole bunch of things. I was about 20 odd things. And I, even then I wanted to distill them down more into just some very, very simple concepts. And I came up with four of them. The first one is what I call vision. And it's not just that these are four things, it's that they are in a sequence. So vision um, is the picture of what we want. And that might sound highfalutin and I don't want it to be, it could be saving for that next car or it could be life purpose. It doesn't really matter. It's an individual thing. But the thing is, it's our why. And again, so I don't start with how, I start with why. And we get, so I get people really working on it because people, you know, that excites them. They want to talk about that. That gets them a little more open um, to the conversation of money. So we go from, from why is the first block. The second one would be engagement. And so engagement just means as we connect with our money. And if I, you know, my point there really is simply this, that so often when I work with people, what I realize is they're not, they're actually, they're doing just the opposite. They're disengaged with their money. They're, you know, if, if their money was a child, they'd be charged with abandonment, I hate to say. <laughs> I mean, they, yeah, they're turning away from it. And I understand there's lots of reasons why they would, but we want to turn them back around and look. And so, 
if the vision is an outer thing, an inner thing, I should. So we start on the inside. That's where change starts. Engagement, we're now starting to get a little bit more outer. It, it, we're engaging with our vision because we'd like to see that happen. So the next block is what I call structure. Now, structure is the, the actual mechanics of how we manage money. So, if, George, if I said to you, what's the when you think about the mechanics, when people think about managing money, what's the first word? I, I know what I know. It might be a trick question for you. What's the first word you think they come up with? I'm going to manage money, so I need a what? Uh, an investment advisor. Uh, I'm going to say a budget, even a before budget. that. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. It was a trick question. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so I mean, the experts say budget, budget, budget. So I actually never use the word budget in my coaching programs because if I, one of the early things I ask people is when they say the word budget, I just went through this about four or five days ago. A couple called me. We're having an introductory conversation. I said, what, what do you, what's the word that comes to mind when you think of budget? She said restriction and he said failure. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't, yeah, I don't want no part of that. I, right. I think that it was a nice term that maybe 30 or 40 years ago when we had defined benefit pensions and cradle to grave employment, uh, budgets were a great thing because things were much more predictable. Now I think we need to move past that. So the term I use is spending plan. Um, and spending plan is a piece of structure. Structure is the process of connecting vision and engagement now into actually doing something. How do we do it? It's systemic. It's a system. Um, and so I've developed a system. I have my own software. It's not available in the marketplace. I just use it in my coaching relationships. Um, and it helps people put structure and get clear on where their money's going. Nice. Um, so it's a tool. And then finally, simplicity is the last of the blocks. And so what I find is that people who have a muddled money life there, things are very complicated. Complicated, the definition of complication is difficult to understand, explain, or analyze. So George, do you think people want a money life that's difficult to explain, understand, and analyze? You know, obviously not. No. And so <laughs> the, yeah, and so the, um, it's, the it's, it's internal, so I hear it in their language. As a coach, I'm always listening. And, and then I see it in their, it's manifest in how they've got their, you know, the system of their money management, if you want to call it that, set up. I mean, accounts all over the place and credit cards and nobody's talking to anybody else. And, you know, it's, all, it's, it's just a blob. And so what I find is that when people kind of get through vision and engagement and structure, that simplicity is all, you know, kind of arises automatically. They, they just start to simplify because they can see how things have become complicated. Um, I mean, obviously I coach towards that, but it almost becomes sort of a, a self-fulfilling uh, thing. And so when you put all those blocks together, it's what I call money clarity. And they're, so the, they're building blocks, but they're building blocks of what? Of money clarity, vision, engagement, structure, simplicity. I like it. I think that definitely makes sense without, yeah. I mean, with, without going through those steps, I think that we find ourselves where 80% of us have no idea. So... <laughs> Yeah, the um, the great example I like to use, and we'll all you know we're all aware of it, is like 110 years ago. There's a guy whose name was Henry Ford, and he came along, and to that time, when people were building cars, companies were building cars, they were doing it almost like in a in a workshop environment. This guy's over here, you know, banging out fenders, and there's somebody over there, you know, ratcheting on a frame, and you know, it was very sort of piecemeal, and so they got inconsistent results, lots of frustration. 
um, you know, inconsistent output. Just it was a it was a mess. And what Henry Ford came along and did was there's an old phrase that you take a problem and you turn it into a process. Mm -hmm. And so he developed this thing called the assembly line and he put his cars on it. And he, you know, not that there wasn't, of course, problems, but his idea was you made, you turned the problem into a process, uh, you turned it into an assembly line. And so, um, and of course now, pretty much anything that's mass produced is made in an assembly line and not so much people running them anymore. They're robots, but uh, in a lot of cases. But the thing is, I, I, I want people in their money wise to have that process. I mean, that made Henry Ford rich and it made cars affordable, by the way, for the masses, because pretty soon, within 10 years, all the companies had adopted it. Um, but so when, I, when I look at people in their money lies, one of the things that's interesting, people say to me in approaching me for coaching, um, you know, I... I because they, they, the, the assumption, going back here, the assumption is is that they're going to have, that I'm going to make them think about money all the time. And the funny thing is, I actually, my goal would be, hopefully for them, is that in the long run, they actually think about money a lot less. So the people that think about money the most are people that feel scarcity. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, those are the people that feel, think about money the most. The people who don't experience money pain through scarcity, who have a system, it actually operates quietly in the background, and then they can get on and sort of live their lives. So, you know, all, yes, initially we're going to have to talk about money. I'm going to try to make go gently and make it fun. But ultimately, you know, when we succeed and get things process driven, it just drops in the background and you go live your life. I think that that definitely makes a lot of sense and that it is having money on my mind all the time is probably because I'm living in, in an environment of scarcity. I don't have probably yep. enough of it. I'm spending too much yep. of it. It's, it's stressing yep. me out. I'm not sleeping yep. well. I'm fighting with my spouse. Yep. Ah, <laughs> all that. So, all so, that. so, so how do I get started? You get, well, firstly you do get started. Um, you get started with the how and, and I'll just say this, um, you know, it's a, I have a course. Um, I'm working on a. I'm working on a course because I'm trying to sort of democratize money management. Um, it's called the Seven Insight System. And I've been the content's done. I've been working on it for four years, and I'm trying to bring it into an e-learning environment. And it's coming along. I do have a course now. Part of the course called Know Your Why. It is the first step. I always start with why. Anybody can go to my website right now. It's in a beta version. If they just go to my website, personalmoneycoach.ca. I'm sorry. I don't want this to sound like a shameless plug. It's free. You don't. You don't. Sure. You don't have to buy anything. Yeah. Just you can go there. You can just go to the. Uh, contact form it's just contact me and just if you're interested uh, I'll just send you the link and so what I've created is um, a course that is my personal experience built around my experience and how I develop my why to sort of exemplify um, how that's all work I mean I was a kid once who I you know this is this is nothing new to me I was a kid that went to school university as a mature student I went to move back home I didn't think I'd ever own a house uh, you know, people think these are all current problems. They're not. I was doing that, you know, when I was in my late 20s and how I evolved through that. So it's my personal experience. You can take the course. It's meant to be a reflective course. It's mostly videos. There's some fun exercises and a couple of easy quizzes to cement learning. But that's uh, but even if you didn't, I would say you want to get to the why of it. And then, as Nietzsche said, you know, then you can start working on how. Love it. Well, Steve, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? <laughs> um, you know, I think I've – well, here, here, here's what I'd say. I mean, I've, say, I've talked about system, it's systematic approach, and I've talked about why. But here's, here's the thing. Um, it's really about financial reserve. It's a point I wanted to raise, George, because it's so important. Um, and Colin talked about that, actually. Um, he talked about um, saving being the key and the starting place. The thing is, 
I start with people who say, I want to save, but I don't know how. So um, there was a book written called Scarcity. It was written by a behavioral uh, economist and a psychologist somewhere out of the, you know, they're in the U.S. university system. Um, and it validated everything I thought about managing money, which is um, they talk about a thing called slack. By the way, it could be food. It could be energy. It could be time, but it relates to money. And slack with money is reserve. And I don't just mean saving for retirement. I mean saving for the next car breakdown because those are the things that keep us disrupted. Uh, it's what I call everyday reserve, and it's part of my coaching. So if when you're getting systemic and, and in your approach and when you're getting you know, clear on your why, but just know that when the actual work of managing your money until you learn to have that slack or financial reserve, those savings you can fall back on, the opposite of debt. You'll always be um, sort of susceptible to being pushed back into scarcity. And when we're in scarcity, um, it, it tends to self-perpetuate. So make reserve your goal. Like that is great stuff. That definitely gets, come on, come on. Steve, <laughs> Steve, <laughs> Steve, thank you so much for coming on. Give us a, Give us the location and, and uh, again, of the website and, and where else we can find you. Sure. Personalmoneycoach.com. Personalmoneycoach.com. I've got videos. I've got an e-book download. Uh, if you have the quick contact form and you see that and you want to email me, I'll send you the link to the e-learning course. Um, no, no cost or obligation. I'd love for anybody to take that. And, uh, you know, we're on Twitter at to my handle at Steve Demery or on Facebook at Personal Money Coach. So lots of ways to interact, uh, lots of and some fun blogs for people to read. I really try to not to make it about numbers so much at the outset. Uh, we get into the numbers, George, but I want to get people to think about the quality of lives they want to live and the values. Um, that, that's where we start. I love it. Okay. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Steve your appreciation and share today's show, show, share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to Personal Money Coach, and that's ca.ca, dot ca, right, Steve? It's, it's either ca or dot com. Okay. They both go to Got the same place. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, love it. Well, thank you again, Steve. <laughs> Thanks, George. Take care. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step-by-step step, from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there you can just go to the website i'll also list that in the notes of the show what's up savage nation please support the show by subscribing leave us a review and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it come on <laughs>